Hello and welcome to the Driven by Diversity podcast. I'm Mariana. And I'm Steph. And every week we shine the spotlight on underrepresented groups in the world of racing. Our guests share their journey into the sport and also delve into what diversity and inclusion means to them. We hope that we can provide you with real role models who you can relate to and who represent you. And more than that, that you'll feel inspired and encouraged to know that you can make it in motorsport, no matter your background. A few weeks ago now, we heard from the director of Wavy Dynamics, a specialist motorsport and automotive engineering consultancy in the UK. From briefly considering a career in physiotherapy to working in a call centre and testing video games, our guest suddenly found himself on an automotive engineering masters and since has been contracted by and consulted for the likes of Ford, AP Motorsport and race car engineering, with his ultimate goal being to replicate the work of McLaren Applied and Red Bull Advanced Technologies. Strongly believing that the importance of inspiring a diverse talent base in our future engineers is something that cannot be neglected, he is involved in outreach projects from primary schools to university level, showing the next generation that a career in engineering is absolutely attainable. Calling all budding engineers, you're listening to a chat with Jai Campbell Brennan. Shortly after graduating, you set up Wavy Dynamics. Can you start by telling us a bit more about the business and how it came about? Yeah, so when I was at uni, I think it was doing my like my final year project where I was doing Formula Student. And it was, it was really cool because it's like we're given an objective and we're com- like completely left our own devices. So I left uni thinking, yeah, this is what the engineering world is going to be like. That's great. I can't wait. And then um, kind of inadvertently, I um, like there's two ways of working in in engineering. You can be like an employee, like a salaried worker, or you can be a contracted um, member. And to be a contracted member, you have to set up your own limited company. So that's the route I went down. And for the next few years, yeah, for the next few years I worked, uh, so I had a contract at Ford that just kept getting renewed. So I was there for like four years in the end. Um, and after after like a couple of years, I, I kind of just like you absorb all the information around you and then it starts to, you kind of settle into like comfortable. And I just started to get quite bored. So I stuck it out for a little while longer. I was kind of looking for other opportunities to see, to see what else I could do. And then after... Uh, yeah about I think it was about four and a half years I left Ford and I was like right I need to do something different this um, like I'm not really I didn't enjoy that I got to a point where I wasn't being challenged my interest had gone and it was just yeah it was just comfortable so I took a couple of months off to try and find um, something different and get into like a different way of working Um and ended up at a smaller kind of startup engineering company that had had like some government funding for an idea to develop an idea. And I was there for like another seven months and it was, yeah, like same again. And by this point I had started to have like a lot of my own ideas, started to really think about like, what do I want to be doing in 20 years, 30 years? Like, how do I want, how do I want this to play out? Cause this right now is not, like it's not it's not what I'm 
it doesn't make me passionate and like that's really important so um that brings us or that brings me up to like two years ago um yeah it was like December 2018 and I left that contract and I was like okay I've got all these ideas all these ambitions um like I want to try and work in all these things I don't want to be put into a really small area I want I want to work quite broadly and just follow like where I want to work um and I realized the only way I was going to be able to do that is by myself um like working for myself as a like as a consultant so at that point I wanted to like I had I didn't know exactly how I was going to get there but I had started to form like an end goal and it started with it started with just getting myself into a position where like I'm well known for my knowledge and people know that I can get whatever project it is done so people are coming to me and saying like we need we need someone like your help with this um like help us with that and yeah I wanted to mainly focus that in motorsport engineering and like high performance automotive stuff stuff that I could get excited about and so what was it that drew you to engineering from way back when you you know you started to you know set your sights on what career that you wanted to enter how how did you get drawn to that world so nothing I ever do seems to be conventional so (laughs) I always had like when I was younger I guess it's like a typical story like I always wanted to know like how things worked and why things worked yeah um and my father was he was well is like an intelligent guy um so he could he he was kind of a scientist in like his his reading so he could explain things to me and put me on to different avenues and I guess gradually I just kind of built up a, an interest, but I, I had no idea that I wanted to, wanted it to be a career. Mm-hmm. Um, so all through my like school, GCSEs, college, um, I'd kind of just I was I was quite involved in sports. So I thought, oh, okay, what can I do in sports? Maybe I wanted to be a physiotherapist. Maybe I want to work in sports science um, or something like that. So I went to college I, I did like PE psychology uh, chemistry and, and biology and then um, I enjoyed it because there were subjects that I chose but nothing really like nothing really engaged me mm-hmm. I was kind of because I didn't I didn't really have a goal I was working to yeah it, it kind of I was partly there because college is like yeah you, you need to go to college um, didn't have any plans to go to university then I left college um and I worked in like a I worked in a call center part-time which was horrible (laughs) (laughs) then then I worked um like testing video games which like as a like 18 19 year old I was like oh yeah this is really cool dream dream job (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was quite good at first um but then you know like you don't want to do that forever so yeah I took two years didn't really accomplish too much and then I was like, no, nah, I really need to, like, I really need to do something because, like, my parents were putting a bit of pressure on me, and like, I wanted to live, I wanted to do something I enjoyed, and I wanted to live comfortably. So it was, I was like asking all those questions, and I wish I could explain it better, but like, all of a sudden, I was at uni doing um, a master's in, in automotive engineering, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> and, yeah, like I, I 
I barely remember visiting the uni. I went to Sussex University, but I barely remember visiting there and speaking to the head of engineering. Um, and then I just remember starting. It's, it's, it's quite weird, actually. But yeah, that's that's how I got into engineering. And what exactly is it that your business now looks at and the type of work that you actually do? Obviously, not all of our listeners will be incredibly technical, but mm. um, could you give like a high level overview of some of the work that you're actually involved with and some of the most fun projects that you've worked on? Okay, so where I'm trying to take my business is, um, so I've kind of, I kind of have like a three phase, like short, medium, long-term plan. And the long-term plan is to have, um, I, I, probably some of your, some of your listeners are familiar with like Red Bull Advanced um, Engineering, mm-hmm. like McLaren Applied Technologies, those kind of companies where they spent however long in motorsport, they've like developed lots of technology, lots of understanding and expertise in like all sorts from like design to project management to whatever else. And now they're trying to like export that to other industries. So things that are relevant to like medicine or um, aerospace or like just general product product design, just like non-automotive and motorsport engineering solutions. So that's that's where I'm trying to get to, um, and my the areas that I really get quite interested in are um, vehicle dynamics and aerodynamics. So that's um, yeah, I guess for your listeners that like vehicle dynamics is concerned with um, like I guess in a motorsport capacity is how to make a car faster around the track, and aerodynamics is yeah how to generate as much lift as you can. Uh, in the most efficient manner so those are the areas that I'm I've kind of spent the last 18 months two years trying to focus myself into so I would say I'm very much at the beginning of this journey so I haven't got loads of like really high profile projects behind me but I've I have a client that I work with um, in uh, they're based down in Sussex and they're kind of like a a non-competitive motorsport company Um, so and they're developing a car um so they needed an aerodynamic splitter um so i designed one of those for them um and we did some testing um some like vehicle dynamics work at the nurburgring in um in germany which is quite that was quite cool um and other projects uh i did um i was consulting uh the university of east london which is near where i live Mm -hmm. i was helping them with their motorsport engineering projects and some teaching there i have like some some internal projects that i've worked on but i I don't know if i can they're not really they're not commissioned so i don't know (laughs) they're just me following like like having an idea and wanting to explore (laughs) it and see what comes of it that's cool though it sounds like you've got your your hands full already um I know you mentioned Mm. the University of East London there that's something that we'd like to come back to very shortly but for now still on the subject of your business obviously with any business there are highlights Mm. and lowlights and you learn a lot throughout the process oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) what what lessons have you learned with your own business so far um well I can easily say it's been the hardest thing that I've ever, or the hardest hardest journey I've ever embarked upon, because it's it's like I'm I'm it's just me, so I'm by myself, mm-hmm. and it, it's like just keeping my end goal in mind and waking up every morning and like putting 
like all the emotion, all the passion, all the like all the intensity I have into making that happen. So yeah, it's there are moments where you're kind of like um like you feel like you're not getting any movement and you're like, man, like what am I doing here? Um, you know, like I guess that's just that's something that every um everyone who's kind of embarking on something difficult has. And highlights, I guess a highlight uh fairly recently I've, is that I've um I was contacted by someone at their MIA to um do some teaching at their their school of race engineering. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so I'm doing that um that's in a couple of weeks actually at the end of October. So I, I guess that's probably in terms of the opportunity and the um the doors it might open. I think that's probably a highlight. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that sounds super exciting there. Mm. So it sounds like you have quite a lot of involvement with the university side of things, as Steph mentioned, like the University mm. of East London. Mm. Can you tell us a bit more about your involvement with that and and how you're using that position to help, you know, the upcoming students who are trying to get to where you are? Mm. So yeah, I've like I've always I've never really wanted to be a teacher, but I've always enjoyed like helping people that are not even necessarily younger, just people that people that I can help with like experience, knowledge, whatever. So I've always taken opportunities to do that where I could. And I've I've done like just like introduction to engineering talks at a primary school, um, at a secondary school that have kind of just the opportunities just present themselves and I take them. So that's been quite cool. And I forget exactly how I got in touch with the university. I think I met one of their um, head of engineering or something like that. And we established like some kind of formal relationship. Um, I think I might have asked them like, I'm in this process of like growing my business. I'm also trying to, I just try and research where possible to try and find out like how universities engage with engineering outside of the uni like do they do they have collaborations with any companies or anything like that so I think I, I guess I must have had a couple of conversations with the head, head of engineering about that and then one day he emailed me and said we're starting we're trying to get more involved in motorsport and we're starting a formula student team but none of us here have done it before so do you want to come in and just give us a help come in as like an advisor and help with that so yeah I did that I started that about a year ago and that ran up until maybe April when obviously Formula Student got cancelled. So the program cancelled and then the students left the university because they had graduated. So that's on pause at the moment. But yeah, that's that's how I got involved. That's really fantastic that you're using your position and your platform to instill knowledge mm. and pass on your experience and your expertise to the younger generations all the way from mm. primary school right up to university. I think that's brilliant yeah. because I'm I'm a, I'm a firm believer in whatever your position or whatever your platform, even if you're mm. just starting out, you've got knowledge that someone wants to have and would love to mm. sort of hear from, you know, how they can make their way up to where you are now. Um, so I think that's really yeah. great. Uh, what kind of advice do you tend to give you know the people that you're speaking to when they do ask you how how can I get into engineering well yeah like back to your previous point I guess a lot of it comes from um like me being alone on this this what I'm trying to do is like it's kind of lonely and there's a lot of times where I'm thinking oh like I wish I just had I wish there was someone that I could speak to to kind of just give me a a pointer or a guide in like no you shouldn't you shouldn't go down that avenue you should maybe try this one instead um 
so yeah, I have quite a lot of empathy for that. And um, I guess what advice would I give others? Um, it really depends because everyone has their own, like everyone has their own path that they want to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, so mostly, I guess mostly what I would say to them is just like pick a goal and like you don't even have to know how you get there. You just have to like make a first step like in towards it like yeah just just keep the end goal in mind whether that's like I don't know you want to be like a a motorsport driver or you want to be a project manager or whatever like you just have to uh, yeah whether whether that's in in employment or like for your own company you just have to have an end goal that you feel passionate about and just just keep taking steps forward and it, yeah that kind of materializes if you take that approach yeah that's really helpful and it is so important just to take that first um that first leap and have the mm. faith in yourself to actually um pursue that goal even if you don't necessarily have it all figured out because as you've yeah. said often it does come together on the journey and yeah. so many people are put off by not having a plan when sometimes the plan just comes together as you go yeah and to be honest like I, I, I don't know what I'm doing like I don't know anyone <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know anyone who's done it before like mm-hmm. in exactly the way I'm trying to do it so I'm still figuring it out every day I'm learning new like new things about how to you know like knocking on that door knocking on another door it's yeah you, you just the, the thing the only thing that motivates me is I know exactly where I want to be and I have like for me there's it's the only way like there's no there's no plan b or anything so I think yeah that that's really to get anywhere you want that's that's really what you need yeah for sure with regards to obviously your involvement with um students from primary schools you mentioned through to university Mm. it's what's really great about that is that you're sort of opening up the accessibility through sharing your knowledge and expertise to motorsport is there anything that you're as a business that that you run that you would like to do or that you are doing in order to sort of help diversify the the industry at all yeah um so are we talking gender or race or just everything all underrepresented groups yeah okay so I guess I have like a like social media for my company so I I post a lot of engineering related stuff on there and I have a YouTube channel as well that I obviously it focuses more like it's it's videoing me Mm -hmm. so in a sense that's like that's representation to whoever might see it so yeah like I never had well yeah like we all know I I don't know one black motorsport engineer in, in like in high level motorsport so I didn't have anyone to look up to in that sense to to kind of like say to myself oh yeah I want to do what he's doing like if if he can do that I can do that so what I'm hoping to do partly with that social media is just just to be a representative and yeah just to engage in conversation like I'm always trying to make myself open to communication like email me or or whatever else so I write technical articles for a race car engineering magazine and Mm -hmm. um so I've been doing that for about the last year and when about the time that everything kicked off in America like what I don't know four months ago however long it was and I started to notice a lot of conversations about race were happening um like in the workplace and just in society in general 
And I kind of thought, well, I have this platform, so I should write on my experiences in that. And um, so I contacted the editor and like put forward a suggestion and he was like, yeah, go for it. So I had a, yeah, I think it was two, two issues ago. I had a, a column at the front of the magazine on diversity and motorsport. It's brilliant. Like, yeah, I think it was good. I've, I, I made sure I included my email in there and I've had quite a few people um, contact me like from, from all, all walks of life, I guess, to say like whether they appreciated the article or whether they had similar views. So like we should keep in touch as we kind of both go about things. So that's been good. Um, yeah, I also think the, the gender diversity in motorsport is like, that also does need some attention. Like I have the privilege of being male. So if I can use that to change some ideas and perceptions, then I would love to be able to do that as well. Because yeah, it's like, it can't be exclusive to one gender and one, one race, right? It's, it's quite an important, Mm -hmm. it's quite an important industry globally. It's like not many people, I think, see the um, potential of motorsport Mm. just in terms of global engineering. So we, it really needs to include everyone. Yeah, it's super important that we that we do expand our reach and make it a more inclusive mm. environment. It's really good yeah. that you wrote that article mm. and also left your email for people to reach out. That's really brilliant. Would you mind mm. actually sharing some of the um, insights that you gave in that article? We'll pop a link in the episode mm. description as well. But what have your experiences been of diversity in the industry? So in that in the article or column, there was a particular. Um, time that really sticks in my mind and it was I was invited uh, by the magazine to a conference run by the MIA I think it was the it was something I can't remember what it was titled but it was like the future business side of things for motorsport like where motorsport's going in the future so I went there and it was I guess that's the probably the largest collection well like largest meeting of like senior um, people within motorsport that I've been to and I just noticed that it was like everyone was middle-aged white men and like that's it's the cliche okay. isn't it but it it's, it's true yeah yeah and you've got first-hand um, experience of that yeah and that alone is not so unusual like we live in England so like yeah that's I'm sure that's the same in a lot of industries but I kind of felt like it kind of remained in my memory because of the the attention that I got as a black man in that space. And mm-hmm. like, it's, I wouldn't say it wasn't negative. Like no one was like, no one was being rude. No one was being unpleasant or even making me feel a certain way. But I was just like, wow, like, like I really, like I really feel that I'm different amongst these guys and everyone. Just the awareness. Yeah. And everyone's very interested. Like everyone's trying to look at my name tag and mm. like it was just clear that I was like quite an unknown and like I wasn't the norm like even even amongst amongst them I could tell they were feeling it so they were like oh who's this guy like what's he doing here um so that's something I, I mentioned in the um like to kind of as a personal experience that highlights the lack of diversity so yeah I mentioned that and I also mentioned um like the importance of representation like how it's important for young students young kids to to kind of just have a role model like you hear like as an adult you kind of sometimes you can discount the importance of it like in inspiring like young kids but like we can take football as an example like 
every young kid who's into football wants his like his favorite player's shirt mm-hmm. and the favorite player is more than likely going to look like him in some way mm-hmm. um it goes back so to I, what you were saying earlier about representation and not having mm. the figure of a black engineer to look up to when that's what you wanted to do when you were older yeah and like i'm sure a lot of people aren't aware of this um or maybe well yeah i'm sure a lot of people aren't aware but like when Lewis Hamilton started winning world titles, the black community was like, it was quite a big thing. Like until then motorsport is like, uh, like it's not, yeah. I mean? it's not really, it's not for us. But yeah, when Lewis Hamilton came on the scene, started winning all these world titles, like so many of my friends and just conversations that I know of had started happening because of, mm-hmm. because there was a representative in motorsport now. So it kind of, now it puts it on the map. Mm. Um, so I was explaining my thoughts on that and yeah, just what, what can be done in terms of solutions? Because I, when I went to university, there was um, like a lot of, a lot of my classmates were black, like whether they were foreign or English, like um, there's a lot of black engineers graduating and a lot of them very like highly skilled at some point. Well, I know that some of them had interest in motorsport. I know one guy who was really, really like, like a fanatic about formula one and I know how happy it would have been to work in Formula One, but he's like, I haven't got a chance. Like, it's not like, how would I even do that? That's really yeah. sad. Yeah, it is. So it's kind of like, it just highlights that there's something wrong and that some solutions need to be found. So whether it's like engaging kids, like when they're young at, at primary school mm-hmm. or well like I guess primary school up to the point where they need to start making choices about universities and what they want to do there or even the postgraduates like just providing them with some like some routes into motorsport that kind of seem like oh yeah okay if I really focus on this then like slowly but surely I can start to make my way into motorsport because yeah there's just there isn't that so the industry loses out on a lot of really talented engineers that bring all the all the advantages of diversity with them, like different ways of thinking. And yeah, those the, the advantages aren't secret. So I think everyone knows. I think that's a really interesting point that you touched on there about the attention that the black community started paying to Formula One when Lewis started winning the championships. Because mm. I know even from a personal perspective, obviously when I was growing up, like my dad was interested in Formula One and that's sort of how I, well, that is how I got into it. Mm. But then when you see someone that does represent where you come from like your background actually on the screen suddenly you're like oh and even this past weekend when Lewis obviously matched the 91 wins uh, the title of Schumacher I saw a lot of my friends who aren't that interested in Formula One at all really but are from the black community posting it and like really proud and putting all on their stories and it just goes to show that it, it does resonate with people when it is someone that that you can relate to but there's just not enough of that it, yeah it really does and like even even from a commercial point of view like that's a whole demographic of people that yeah can bring you like like with advertising and will come to events and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? mm-hmm. pay for broadcasting like Sponsors. it's a whole chunk yeah and then take that outside of england or europe like imagine engaging people in like south america or africa in motorsport mm-hmm. like there's a lot of you know I mean people ch- people look at numbers like there's a lot of numbers to be had there if that's someone's only motivation so yeah it's kind of sad but not surprising unfortunately 
Yeah, as you said, there were so many opportunities that the industry can really take advantage of. And going back to what you said as well, in terms of a lack of um, representation within the workforce, it's not that there aren't any black engineers. As you said, you were at university with loads of them, but it just feels mm. like to some of um, some of that community that motorsport and F1 in particular isn't accessible um, mm. to, to people like them, I guess. So... Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think that is? Is it because of the lack of rep- representation or is it more that it is an elitist sport and that's potentially why? Well, well, I think it's both because, like, yeah, it's a socioeconomic thing and it's also a race thing. So it's like it seems to be or what I was finding in, like, as I researched, like, how to be an employee within motorsport, how to get a job with a Formula One team or, like, a like a Le Mans team or, yeah. or whatever it seems to be like there's only a few um there's only a few routes really and it's like go to university that has a link with a motorsport team yeah like like Cranfield mm. or Oxford Brooks and then maybe you'll get picked if you're like at the top of your class and whatever or start from like the very bottom um like as a mechanic or or whatever and try and find an apprenticeship maybe and work your way up yeah or or sometimes some somehow magic three to five years of high class or high level motorsport experience <laughs> out of somewhere and <laughs> so you yeah. can apply for the jobs that are on the market so yeah your options are really um quite limited and I was certainly finding um like because I've employed sorry I've applied for countless jobs in like just in motorsport in some capacity yeah and yeah, unless you have a lot of experience doing the same thing already, then you're you're completely out of luck, it seems. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it, to, to enter the industry? And I guess that ties into sort of my next question in that, what do you think the industry can do in terms of the steps it can take to mm. widen the talent pool? Because there are talented people that aren't getting into the sport for whatever reason. What do you think mm. can be done? So I've yeah I've been working on this a little bit. So I've been speaking with the FIA, just like about what they think they want to be doing about it. So I've been speaking to their um, head of diversity, diversity and inclusion, and I've also been trying to get in touch with the Hamilton Commission because um, I think that's um, like the, it's, the information seems to be quite limited um i've just recently been seeing like they've appointed board members um which mm-hmm. and that all seemed kind of promising but i feel like because i am a motorsport engineer and i've been like working to get into motorsport like i've all the barriers that well i'm lucky that and i have the perspective that i've seen all the barriers that are in place and that i've felt them personally so i think for people for people that perhaps postgraduate like more similar position to me it needs to be like there there needs to be some kind of program and it's like okay a lot of a lot of teams or motorsport companies might feel like they need like someone who's who can do the job like with no training and just come in and get running stuff like initially but filling that gap from graduate to that level is like something needs to be done there and I think some kind of like certification. So where someone said so they, they have a degree, like they've proven their 
their engineering like foundations and then maybe they've done a lot of research themselves um like they've done a lot of reading done a lot of um perhaps some of their own motorsport work and kind of developed a bit of experience and motorsport specific knowledge and then it's kind of just a question of like they don't have the experience okay experience is important but they do have all the fundamentals because so they'll kind of just need minimal attention to get up to speed mm-hmm. so an opportunity to present themselves to a relevant organization team whoever and say maybe have some kind of assessment whether it's like a theoretical assessment like a test on a test on working knowledge just just something that can communicate to them like okay I might not have all this experience but I am valuable I know that I can help you in this way or this way and then to be given some kind of yeah like I don't know if it's going to be a certificate or like just just something recognizable that they can then use as a substitute for the experience just to get an interview I feel like that will be something that's really helpful certainly that would have helped me get a bit more momentum A big takeaway for me and something that I know we're both impressed with Steph is just how involved Jai is with outreach and education. He regularly works with schools and universities to support students who want to get into engineering or just showing them that engineering might be an option, you know, even if it's something that they haven't previously considered. And this exposure is so important, especially alongside the representation of a successful black engineer. It's so encouraging and inspiring. Yeah, I honestly rate that so much. And it's something I've previously been involved with too. So I've seen firsthand the value from it. There was a point in the conversation where we raised that whatever your position or platform, even though you may not consider yourself to be at the top, so to speak, there were always people who want or who will be grateful for your insight and knowledge that you do have and with the experience that you have as well. Um, I think that each and every one of us has a responsibility to keep that cycle going and to give back to the next generation as more likely than not will have all received a helping hand along the way, however big or small, and we need to pay that forward. I couldn't agree more. It's not just important for young kids as well, but all along the education path, as the industry could be missing out on talented engineers. Jai mentioned that he went to uni with several highly talented black engineers, but some of them considered motorsport unattainable for them, which is so, so sad. And really, we need to empower these young people and alter the mindsets in and out of the industry, because the benefit of this diverse talent pool is being missed. And it's not just talent that's being missed. As Jai said, there is a diverse audience that the sport isn't reaching. So there could be commercial benefit to gain from that too. For more info on the work Jai does, visit wavydynamics.com. He's also on Instagram at wavydynamics and on YouTube too. Again, just search wavydynamics. And if you're not already following us, where have you been? Get yourself on Insta and hit that follow button. Uh, We are Driven by Diversity. That's another episode wrapped up for us, but tap the subscribe button on your podcast app to make sure you don't miss next week's drop. Catch you then. Bye.